apologize to everybody. I jinxed Rich Hill intentionally. I really wanted to see what my jinxing powers were on Twitter. And about, uh, I think, one pitch later, goodbye, perfect game. Then I jinxed the no-hitter. <laughs> So my bad. Sorry, folks. What's up, Scott? It's not all about you, Adam. You don't have that much power. I'm pretty good at this. I don't remember who it was I jinxed last time, but I've been I've been really good at this. I'm enjoying okay. it. Yeah. Well, put it all on you. That's fine. It's a thing. That's fine. Be the martyr. That's fine. Today, we'll talk Rich Hill. I don't know how much there is to talk about, but we'll talk about him. We'll talk uh, Reese's Pieces, Reese Hoskins, and how good he's been. Luke Weaver crushed it. Yes, huge start from him, and he's lined up. Hopefully he'll make two starts next week. Uh, we got a lot to get to. How fun was, was the Al Melchior hour last night, uh, yesterday? It was the funnest hour of the season. It was great. I don't know about that. That's a little insulting. I think we've done some really good shows, but, uh, it was eh. great. Today will be also great. Uh, okay. Let me, let me just preview what else is coming up on the show. Uh, Zach Britton news. Greg Holland news. Did I count out Kyle Schwarber too soon? Kevin Kiermeyer double dong yesterday. Another save for Sam Dyson. And I do want to talk about shortstop because my goodness, the position's actually looking pretty solid right now. And emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com for short emails. Scott, you're uh, going to talk in your waiver wire column, or you already have about yeah, Brad. It's up. It's actually up. Brad Brock is one of the guys you wanted to talk about. Uh, what's mm-hmm. going on with the Orioles? Well, what's going on is you may have heard about Zach Britton blowing a save the other day. It ended a, a pretty impressive streak of converted saves that he was on. But he actually hasn't been that impressive since his latest stint on the DL for a forearm injury. He's gone on twice this year with the same injury and hasn't looked great either time since returning. Most recently, 20 appearances since his return. 496 ERA, 171 whip, 6.6 strikeouts per nine innings. Something is wrong, clearly, with Zach Britton. And now he's going to have an MRI today, though not for the forearm elbow injury, for his knee, which has supposedly been bothering him for years, but it must really be bothering him now. I'm still not sure his arm is okay, frankly, but one way or another, I think it's probable he winds up on the DL. And we've already seen what Brad Brock can do in the closer role. He's pretty good. Okay, yeah, Brad Brock's definitely somebody that you want to target. Would you rather have Brad Brock, Sam Dyson, or Mark Melanson right now? I would, man. <laughs> um, you know, I think Brock, actually, because that giant situation appears to be pretty messy. I, I think last time we brought it up, I said any day now Melanson would be in the role. He's been good in, what, six appearances now since returning. But uh, Bruce Bochy says he's fine just leaving him in the setup role for now. Uh, I would think that would have to change eventually oh, as much on, money Bruce. as paying Melanson, but I don't know how soon it's going to be. Yeah, that's crazy. But but uh, Dyson got another save. He did give up a home run. <clears throat> he's been pretty good with the Giants. He just His strikeouts are terrible. Uh, Melance is pitching well, but all right. So Brad Brock, look, we don't know that Britain's out. We don't know he's going on the nope. DL, nope. but something seems amiss there. Seems like a, a good high upside gamble. Sure. So what did you think of Rich Hill? This was pretty crazy because when I tweeted, you know, I, I was alerted in the eighth inning that he had a perfect game and I tweeted, don't worry guys. Or something like Rich Hill is definitely going to throw a perfect game here. But he couldn't even do it because they were tied in the bottom of the ninth, and they would have had to go to extra innings anyway. So that was crazy. Then he then the error on Logan Forsythe ruins that. But he keeps the 
no hitter going through nine, and then first batter of the tenth inning, I tweeted something else. It definitely get the no hitter. Don't worry. And Josh Harrison hits the walk off homer, and he only threw ninety nine pitches in this start. Rich Hill in nine plus innings. His previous six starts, he he had pitched less than six innings in four of them. So people were a little frustrated with Hill. I got you know I dropped Rich Hill. I sat Rich Hill. You know what do you re- what do you recommend to Rich Hill owners? Yeah, I was to the point if I had the pitching depth, where in one start. In one start week, certainly in, in, a, in a points league, I, I was sitting him too. I think I sat him in the podcast league this week. So uh, I understand well, you really that did frustration. Because you're on a bye. So <laughs> lucky oh, you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still set a lineup, <laughs> even though it doesn't count for anything. I love it. I love the commitment. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I was encouraged to see that he is still capable of extending himself. Part of that was on him. He was so efficient in this start as uh, pitchers who are throwing perfect games normally are. But um, part of it's, you know, a willingness from Dave Roberts. Last year, he, he Rich Hill had a no-hitter. I think it was through seven innings, and Roberts removed him because of all the concerns over the blister. So he's willing to stick with him into the 10th inning this time. And I was reading this morning, he was open to the 11th inning, too, if, if Hill got through this one. So clearly there is a greater level of confidence from his manager now. And if you just look at the ratio stats, stop worrying about the innings so much. 238 ERA over his last 11 starts, 87 strikeouts in 68 innings, great whip too. I think uh, I think we probably should stop playing around with Rich Hill and just start him because, I mean, innings are a concern for most pitchers these days. Yeah, he was... 78% started. For a pitcher of Rich Hill's caliber, that's that's pretty low. And if you sat him, you lose. You shouldn't have done it. But you know what? I get it. I understand. It was frustrating. Felix Hernandez threw the last perfect game. That was back in 2012. Since then, you Darvish, Yusmero Petit, and Max Scherzer have been within one out of a perfect game, and they have not gotten it. That's very strange. Wow. Last I would have so. never come up with Yusmero Petit. If right? I had... Yeah. 300 guesses. I would not have come up with him as one of the three names for that list. Yeah, very strange. All right, let's talk about Reese's Pieces. Now, for for Rich Hill, my my headline was King of the Hill. For Reese Hoskins, it's Reese's Pieces. These are terrible team names. These are terrible names for segments. So I can't really think of anything better for Reese Hoskins, though. But Reese's Pieces just doesn't make any sense. It's not like he's injured. I, did you see my team name for Reese Hoskins? It was kind of a, a, a two-player team name, a double dip the no. other night. No, what was it? Well, I announced when he hit a ho- another home run, since that's what he does, of course. I called it a Hosk Dong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which then got me thinking, Hosk Dongs and Hanegers. <laughs> yeah. It's such a stretch that it's like <laughs> almost <laughs> Yasmani, Buddy, Tomas problems, but it's fine. It's fine. Uh. What do you say? What else does it like? It, it, it's clear what you're referring to when Hoss you say it. it I guess it looks weird written out, but I guess. But shouldn't it be hamburgers and hot dogs? I always called it hot dogs and hamburgers. I don't uh, know. I don't know dogs. how you folks up north <laughs> referred to it doing during your barbecues and rather than cookouts. Oh. I don't know what that's about either. Cookouts. Barbecue has sauce. Okay. It's cookouts is it, going out and grilling. Cookouts implies like forty to fifty people. It oh really? It's, it's a, a, it's a matter of uh, it's the size of the shindig. 
that well in your world. I'm having a cookout. That means like the whole block is invited. Let me you ask you cooking outside. Who you no, that's barbecue. Who would you drop for Reese Hoskins? Would you drop Ryan Braun, who is not even a top fifty outfielder over the last twenty eight days, despite hitting three eighteen, by the way, but but only one homer and seven RBIs in a month. Uh would you drop Braun for Hoskins? I Part of me, man, part of me feels like Hoskins will outscore Ryan Braun the rest of the way. I am fully on board with this. I mean, look, he's hit six home runs in the span of a week and a half, and obviously he can't hit six home runs every week and a half going forward, but Hoskins is really good and needs to be owned, probably started. I don't know that I could justify dropping Braun. There's got to be somebody worse on your team, right? Well, Thames. Let's drop Thames for Hoskins. I could do that, yeah. I might need to move. I was actually um, working on those two in my rankings yesterday. Decided to keep Thames ahead, but I think with this latest game, another home run, double, five RBI. Yeah, it's time to go ahead and move Hoskins ahead. And Thames did something interesting yesterday. He sat. So yeah, I, I that's think, not interesting at all. No, it's it's interesting in the rankings and that he's going to sit against lefties from time to time. I mean, okay, it's not even an Fair everyday enough. player. I guess if you put it that way. Yeah. I spend most of my life sitting, so it's not interesting to me. Let's, yeah, I don't appreciate this whole like standing phase that you got to stand now, apparently. It's healthy. I don't know, whatever. Uh, (laughs) uh, Logan Morrison, drop him for Reese Hoskins. Uh, yes, I would do that. How about, how about Ryan Zimmerman? Uh, Man, I don't think so. Okay. Let me give you I might a, regret it, but I don't think so. Give you one more. Let me go to an outfielder. I'm looking at first baseman. An outfielder to drop for Reese Hoskins. How about How about Corey Dickerson? Yeah, I think I'd be willing to do that. He's been I had the numbers written down yesterday, but he's been ice cold for like a month now. Batting average is down to like 280. So uh that seems fair. Couple two hit games in a row for him, but uh only one extra base hit for Dickerson in that stretch. But boy, yeah, before that terrible. All right, Scott, so look, Hoskins sixty seven percent owned. Try to get him on your team. Plate discipline's been outstanding. Uh and he's doing great. Wednesday standouts. Let me start with Luke Weaver, forty seven percent owned. In three starts, he now has a two ninety five ERA with twenty three strikeouts to five walks and eighteen and a third. Now a lot of that was yesterday, seven scoreless against the Padres with ten strikeouts, one walk, three hits. Luke Weaver was was per he was great. And uh is he a must own at forty seven percent on Luke Weaver? Pretty close. Pretty close. Now you wrote down twelve swinging strikes in the notes. I saw ten. It looks like baseball reference has ten for that. I don't know. Baseball reference and ESPN need to get Never on, agree. they need to call each other and define a swinging strike. <laughs> It seems like an easy thing to right? keep track of, right? They're almost like anybody never watching the same. a game can just keep tally marks of how many swings and misses a pitcher gets. It's ridiculous, and, and ESPN I feel like is always like one or two more than baseball reference. And I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong. Just get on the same page. This should not be hard. Well, I normally go with baseball reference, so for consistency's sake, I'm going to cite its ten number. And for a ten strikeout performance, ten swinging strikes isn't that great. Plus, it was against the Padres, but. I would, I do think it'd be unfair to call it a fluky performance because his last start in the majors, August 2nd, he had 14 swinging strikes, which resulted in eight strikeouts in six and a third innings at Milwaukee. 
So uh, I think between that and the fact he has a sub two ERA in the minors the last over the last two years, yeah, Luke Weaver looks like a really good pitcher. And I think if his next outing Tuesday is anything like these last two have been, you know, there was obviously a minor league stint in between, but his last two major league starts were both great. I think the Cardinals are going to be making excuses to keep Adam Wainwright on the DL. Sure. And so I don't worry. So like, I think it's basically in Weaver's hands. He performs. He's in. Yeah. I want to take flyer on him everywhere. I don't know that you can count on him making two starts next week. He's right now scheduled for Milwaukee and the Giants, both on the road. Scott just told you what Weaver did against Milwaukee in his previous start, which is very good. And the Giants, obviously, is a great matchup. I, I mean, even if he's a one-start guy, Weaver's interesting. And if he pitches well on Tuesday, you'd think he would make that second start. But he's 40. Now he's up to 49% owned. Luke Weaver, I'm excited about. Are you excited about adding Mark Leiter? Finally, hey, there you go. Mark Leiter with a nice start. Seven scoreless against the Marlins. Only one hit. Yeah, it was definitely encouraging to see, but mostly in contrast to that last outing when we had some excitement. There was some excitement going in because of the great long relief appearances he had leading up to it, and he mustered just one strikeout in more than five innings. The swinging strikes in this start weren't good. I mean, even the strikeouts, just five in seven innings. It was a, it was a fine start, but it wasn't a start that's making me rush out to pick him up. All right. He's only five, 6% old Mark Leiter. Uh, any other standouts for you yesterday, Mr. White? Yes, there were more standouts for me yesterday. I want to talk about the Cardinals bullpen. Oh, yeah. I may. Sure. Yeah. The Cardinals, we don't know who their closer is. I had assumed it was Son Wano. We know now Trevor Rosenthal is out for the season. He's having Tommy John surgery. O had been better since moving to his setup role and obviously was the intended closer coming in. But with a – it wasn't quite a save situation. It was either four or five run lead. Yesterday, o came in – Five nothing sur- game in the eighth inning. He okay, had, so he, he came in to relieve Weaver in the eighth. Yeah, like he hadn't normal. pitched in five days. So it's possible okay. they were just trying to get him work. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also worth noting he was terrible. Didn't record a single out. <laughs> it is worth noting. Tyler Lyons had to bail him out. And Tyler Lyons seemed like maybe he was the fallback option to Owen. He was pitching the eighth inning too. Maybe just a high leverage situation. We don't know. But what we do know is John Brabia, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's B-R-E-B-B-I-A. Mm-hmm. John Brebia, Brebia. Um, he was held out until the ninth inning. And even allowing a solo home run in the ninth, he has a 2.23 ERA in 36 and a third innings, a .77 whip, which at its face seems unsustainable. But in the minors this year, he had a .79 whip. Guy throws a ton of strikes. He throws hard. I think if they don't want to mess with O and put themselves in the position they were in when they had to turn to Rosenthal in the first place, they might go with this guy. It would be better than the left-hander Lions. Uh, in theory, you want to keep the left-hander more flexible. So, uh, at least in deeper leagues, leagues where saves are scarce. I'm going for Brock first, but John Brebia is definitely on my radar. I'm going to guess it's Brebia, but we should try to figure that out. Uh, okay, fair enough. Now, staying in the bullpen, Greg Holland. Last six appearances, 10 hits and 12 runs and six walks, four strikeouts, three homers allowed. So Holland's been a mess. His first 42 appearances, he had a 156 ERA. 
He cut his index finger on August 2nd or 3rd, and his next two appearances were scoreless, but then since then he has struggled. I haven't read anything to indicate that that's part of it, but it seems a little bit coincidental to me, or you know, maybe mm. it isn't a coincidence. I'm not quite sure how to use that word no, properly. It, I, I don't know that it is a coincidence. Yeah, but Bud Black is saying that he's going to keep Holland in the closer's role, but if there's a change there, who would you go for? I'd go for Jake McGee, even though I just finished saying it's better to keep the left-hander flexible. They also have Pat Neshek, of course. They have Adam Adovino, who hasn't had a very good year. Uh, but there are there are a few different options they could go with. McGee, though, I think has the longer track record as a closer. I think he has the closer caliber stuff of that group. And he's had a pretty good year. But uh, I'm... I feel pretty good about Holland's chances of bouncing back still. I hate this for him. It's his ERA is 377 now. In six appearances, it's gone from 156 to 377. So even if he does turn things around, it's not going to be a great ERA for a closer come the end of the season. But, uh, his velocity seems fine. It's just he's not getting the same break on the slider. And I, I think it's interesting that on the same night, he has this continued meltdown. Edwin Diaz strikes out three and a four out save for the Mariners when he looked like he was going the same way as Greg Holland. And we've already seen Diaz bounce back from a similar rough patch this year. So it's, I think it's partly a matter of the, the environment we're in this year where, you know, the juiced ball era or whatever the line between, between, um, dominating and just getting crushed is is so thin you have to be so fine with your pitches and something is just a little off mechanically maybe because of the cut on his finger but i think he's going to be able to figure it out sooner than later you know scott i talked to max scherzer two days ago actually airing the interview today in the fantasy football today podcast i asked him about the balls being juiced i said are the balls juiced and he said, you know what i don't care he said i've given up a lot of home runs in the past is actually making me focus more uh, I was hoping for a yes or no. He sort of laughed it off and said it doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, to that's me. the I answer he should give because yeah. he, sh- he he can't care about it. He has to just go out and perform. But as analysts, we can care about it, and it can change our views on things. So, by the way, it does look like it's it's Brebia. Brebia. If we, uh, yeah. according to Baseball Reference pronunciation guide. So, John Brebia. I also asked him about Gio Gonzalez. I asked not Brebia, but Scherzer about Gio and what he's doing, and he said that being able to throw his curveball. And his changeup for strikes more so this year, better this year, has been the difference for him. Uh, it's made his fastball play a lot better. And, uh, yeah, Gio's pitching great. But that's been, uh, according to Scherzer, that's been the big difference. It's actually a pretty interesting interview. I asked him, we, uh, Heath asked him about advanced stats and what he uses and, and whatnot. That was an interesting answer as well. So if you listen to the Fantasy Football Today podcast about 55 minutes into the episode today, it's the last 13 or 14 minutes of the show, uh, check out Max Scherzer. All right, one more standout from yesterday, man. Adrian Beltre. Since he came off the DL on May 29th, he's the number three third baseman in points, number five in Roto. Beltre's 38 years old. He's batting 311 with 16 home runs in only 72 games. He had 32 home runs in 153 games last year after combining for 37 home runs in his previous two seasons combined. So he's once again on like a 33-ish homer pace. Uh, Bel- Beltre's been amazing, and uh, I'm a little surprised that he's been this good. <laughs> Top five third baseman since coming off the DL. Yeah, he's he's on the, the David Ortiz aging plan. <laughs> I would love to see 
what Adrian Beltre's career numbers would look like if he hadn't spent five years of the prime of his career in the enormous Safeco field before they move in the fences because he signed that big contract there after a monster year with the Dodgers, age 26 through 30. Adrian Beltre hit 266 with a 759 OPS, and he's still going to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and I, it's I, crazy. I he, don't. He might have 600 home runs if he didn't go there. The only reason to me that he's an automatic Hall of Famer is the defense. I think uh, he he's a little. No, he has 3,000 hits. Yeah, everybody, he's a, he's everybody a little, in the hall. Everybody I get with 3,000 hits. It doesn't mean the they should. I, I, he's oh, a little no. Rafael Palmero to me. More of a. Oh, you're you're right. Everybody, not everybody who has 3,000 hits is in the Hall of Fame because Rafael Palmero isn't. But. He's not. I thought he is. Oh, because no. of steroids, he isn't. Um. Pa- he, yeah. Palmero is kind of an accumulator. Just he—he he was never one of the best players in baseball, and I sort of feel that way about Beltre. Like he's—I—he's—he's he's got a better case than Palmero, in my opinion. Especially now that he's doing this at 38. I mean, this all counts. But uh, I don't know how many. I feel like there's only been like one top five MVP season for Beltre. Maybe two. He doesn't. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but. Like if if that's what we were making the standard for Hall of Fame entry, it would be a very small Hall of Fame. And I'm glad you said that because there I would have a lot fewer Hall of Famers than the Adam Azer Hall of Fame. And yeah, he has two seasons in his career with top five MVP finishes. But yeah, career, career war, and I I know that factors in defense. And you're saying you know that's a big that's huge. Yeah, yeah, but career war, uh, I'm not going to be able to find it fast. I'm sorry, but. It's very high. All right. Chipper Jones is an obvious <laughs> Hall of Famer, right? He yeah. has an 85 career war. Beltran's, Beltre's 93.6. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, you play a long time. You're going to get, you're going to get more war. <laughs> uh, yeah. You, so listen, y'all trust me. I know this is a bad, uh, segue saying something so controversial about Beltre, but you should trust me at this point. I'm cool. I know what I'm talking about. If you trust me, friends. 28th all time in war. Sorry, go ahead. No problem. You should go to blueapron.com slash fantasy baseball right now to get three free meals with free shipping. Blueapron.com slash fantasy baseball. I had some steak last night with mashed potatoes, with green beans, a great sauce, shallot. It was, of course, really good. I made it with my wife. And if you ever have a Blue Apron pizza, by the way, those are my absolute favorite. You're going to love them. Uh, so much variety on Blue Apron. Seared chicken and creamy pasta salad with summer squash and sweet peppers. Creamy shrimp rolls with quick pickles and sweet potato wedges. Vegetarian options, steaks, pastas. It's all less than $10 per person per meal. All easy to make, all delicious. I really love cooking now, and I love Blue Apron. I I tell everyone who will listen, you got to try Blue Apron and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash fantasy baseball. That's blueapron.com slash fantasy baseball. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Give it a shot. I think you're really, really going to like it. All right, this is from Gary. Email of the day is from Gary. Is it possible that Gary Sanchez's participation in the Home Run Derby affected Logan Morrison's swing? <laughs> I love it. I know. It. it was I thought that was such a clever email. Very funny stuff. And that will be it for the email. For uh, the big news today, Max Scherzer's not going to start tomorrow, but he's not far away, just a few days away from returning. Hugh Darvish is going to start Sunday. Clayton Kershaw could be back next week. Jackie Bradley Jr. is on the DL, and the Red Sox acquired Rajay Davis. What do you think of that, Scott? Bad news for Rajay Davis. I don't think he's going to play as much in the long run. Maybe 
get a chance to fill in here some for Bradley, but that doesn't sound like a long-term injury for Bradley anyway. Uh, Carlos Correa is set to begin a rehab assignment today. Same with Ian Desmond. Travis Shaw fouled the ball off his foot. X-rays were negative. Robinson Cano is going to have an MRI on his hamstring. Kelvin Herrera will avoid the DL and could be back soon. And Evan Gatta should be back today. And I'm going to take this moment as the host of the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast to complain about my podcast league team, which has Chris Bryant, Carlos Santana, Robinson Cano, and Kelvin Herrera. All those guys on one stinking team in the playoffs right now. <laughs> Active, right, in your lineup? Active in my lineup, yep. Yeah, yeah. All got hurt during the week, not going into the week. Absolutely sucks. It's a good thing we do two two week playoffs in this league. No, it doesn't matter. Um, oh, it, it, matters. It, it matters. Sure, it, it matters. Sure, it matters. You have a chance to catch up still, even if those guys don't return. Well, get get well soon. Um, here are some weird stats: the Cardinals batters were hit by a pitch five times yesterday, most in team history. Jordan Zimmerman is the first Detroit pitcher to give up seven or more earned runs in three straight starts since 1935. That's according to Jason Beck, Tigers beat writer for MLB.com. And the Jays and Rays game in Tampa Bay, it drew 8,264 fans. Scott White's had more than that at cookouts. Ah. That is the lowest attendance figure for the Rays since 2006. And please listen to me, Tampa Bay, Tampa, city of Tampa. Do not build another stadium. Do not waste taxpayer money on it. They don't care about baseball there. We've seen it in Miami. The new stadium will help for one season, and then nobody's going to care. Don't do it. It's not a baseball town. Move the team. It's 8,000 wow. people, and they're still in the wow. wild card race? That's pathetic. Do you know how many Rays fans are listening right now? That's the you, point. Man. That's the point. They hate you. I don't care. Move the team. Like They don't support the team. Go to the games. It's ridiculous. No. Okay. Uh, let's go to the Addo meter. They are in a playoff race and drawing less than 10,000 fans. That's pretty sad. Pathetic. Year after year. Year after year. We well, see the same yeah, thing I mean, with the Marlins. Bad years you can kind of understand, but it's, it's not a great place to go to a game. Uh, yeah, it's, it doesn't seem like it. No, I mean, it, not just the venue itself, but getting there is, ugh. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just, uh, things are not going to change with a new stadium. They might get better, but they're not going to be great. Alright, uh, here's the Addo meter, 0 to 10. Kyle Schwarber, he's already 80% owned, but now he's batting 321 with a 441 on base, two homers in his last, uh, eight games. Did I give up on Schwarber too early? If he were out there on your waiver wire, where would Schwarber be on the waiver, on the Addo meter? I'm not interested in adding him really. Not yet. I, I think I'd go for Rosario over him. It's, it's just not enough to make up for all the, all the terrible we've seen from Schwarber so far. And there's also the threat of him not playing every day. I just don't think it's enough. It's 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 too little and potentially too late. Kevin Kiermeyer, 37% owned since coming off the DL. He's 10 for 21 in five games with three home runs. Kiermaier. Yeah, that's cool. And, I mean, look, he, he runs a bit too, which is especially valuable in today's landscape. So... Uh, you know, a little bit of power, a little speed. I think he might be somebody to get active again in, in a roto league at least. Kiermeyer or Delano to Shields. I mean, if you strictly need speed, I think the Shields could deliver you a lot more stolen bases in a short period of time. But I, I think 
Kiermaier is the better all-around player. Kiermaier or Cameron Mabin? Man, I, I'm <laughs> going to go Kiermaier there. Uh, how about Mitch Hanniger, 45% owned, five games since coming off the DL, just like Kevin Kiermaier. Hanniger's only batting 263, not 500 like Kiermaier, but he does have two doubles, <laughs> a home run, two walks, three strikeouts. He's been all right. 45% owned Mitch Hanniger. Yeah, he's been all right. Hasn't really been... He, I got excited that first game when he homered and I think doubled, had two hits anyway, and uh, I was thinking, okay, some time off, got a swing right, because after that first DL stint, he just was horrible, hit about 150, um, but it, I don't know, it hasn't been hot enough to convince me that he's over those issues, strikeouts have been an issue, even when he was going well in April, so I'm not rushing to add Hanniger yet. Either, though he's probably must own in a five outfielder league. Hanniger or Matt Adams? Hanniger. Hanniger or Granderson? Hanniger. Ooh. Now you're looking at part-time players, those other two. Granderson? You think he yeah. sits against lefties? I, I think he's going to sit against lefties when the Dodgers get around to playing one. All right. Yeah, <laughs> at some point. All right, that's the atom meter. Uh, we've talked about the bullpen. I want to talk about shortstops, all right? Because I, you know, I think that you probably owe Didi Gregorius an apology uh, for not having him in your top twelve. You have him. Oh, 13th. he's in my top twelve now. He, I saw him as thirteenth. Uh, close enough. Uh, it, it, probably depends what format you're looking in. I had him thirteenth in points. So, okay. but then I saw the list and I said, you know what? Like, who are we gonna put ahead? Who are we gonna put Didi Gregorius ahead of? Now, exactly. Chris Taylor is recently shortstop eligible. Yep. Xander Bogarts is 12th. I personally would take Didi over Bogarts at this point. I, I think there's something wrong with Bogarts. I think he's hurt. That's fair. That's um, fair. I just, I, I already moved him down about four spots to get him to 12th, and I wasn't ready to completely yank him down in one swift motion, but, uh, but if maybe Didi, next time, if Didi Gregorius, <laughs> who's having a really good year, and is, since yeah. since beginning his season April twenty eighth, he started on the DL. He's the number six shortstop in points, number four in Roto. If he's not a you know a no doubt about it top ten guy, it means that shortstop is actually not that bad right now, and it's only going to get better when Josh Donaldson makes his his appearance and becomes shortstop eligible. He didn't do it yesterday, but like Eduardo Nunez is fourteen for you. Paul mm-hmm. DeYoung is 17. Marwin Gonzalez is 15. We're going to get Correa and Trey Turner back imminently. Like, yep. it's it's a good position right now. It's weird. It's well, at least if you're well, in a 12-team league, it it shortstop isn't so bad compared to usual shortstop standards. It, it's still, I, I mean, every position is deep basically in this hitter landscape. Shortstop may be closer to second base than we've given it credit for. Um. Segura, I have 10th at second base in points leagues, and I have him 11th at shortstop in points leagues, which doesn't tell the whole story, but, you know, there aren't a lot of standouts at second base. There are probably more at shortstop. Second base may be a little deeper, uh, when you get to the fringe players, but, yeah, shortstop is good. I don't think in a standard sized league, anybody, there, there should be anybody who's just resorting to Brandon Crawford or somebody right, like that. Right. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I'm resorting to Trevor Story in the podcast league, but I am the Correa owner. Um, you know, right. Story, he's not, he's not so good. But yeah, uh, it's not, it's not terrible. 
and we will get two of the best back, and then we will add Josh Donaldson. So in like a week and a half, we're going to have potentially Machado, Turner, Correa, and Josh Donaldson uh, as shortstops, and that will be a really, really good top four. That's crazy. And then, of course, you've got Lindor and and Andrews and blah, blah, blah. Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman's been great. Andrelton Simmons keeping it up at least. Simmons snapped an 0-for-17 skid recently, but he also steals bases. One thing that Didi doesn't do is steal bases. A lot of the guys that are shortstop eligible are good base stealers. Some are great base stealers. Didi has two steals, I think, this year. That does hold him back a little bit. But uh I haven't even mentioned Corey Seager. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah. Manny Machado. Have you seen how much ground Manny Machado's made up? Yeah. It's insane. But, okay, let's think about this. Machado, Seeger, Donaldson, Turner, Correa. That's five shortstops and in pro- possibly the top 10 to 15 hitters. Is there any position that claims that many? First base? First base, definitely. Third base. I mean, two well, of those guys yeah, are third you're double counting, also. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And probably outfield. Well, I mean, they can't all be top. They can't all have five top fifteen hitters, I guess. But these guys might be top I ten. Think it's, it's probably a stretch to say Donaldson's top fifteen hitter at this point. Um, yeah, maybe. And look, Seager isn't either. If you don't give him credit for playing shortstop. Okay, okay. All right, I got carried away. Let's read some emails here. Fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. These are mostly rankings emails. Uh, the first one comes from Christian in St. Louis. He says, hey, what's up, Morty, Rick, and Summer? So I'm told that Rick and Morty is the funniest show on TV. Seems to be popular, yes. I don't like it. I've seen 10 minutes and didn't like it. I need to give it another try. I've never tried, so couldn't even tell you what it airs on. Christian, I think it's Cartoon Network. Christian's oh. question is uh, I'm making my playoff push. 10-team points league, keep, pick two to keep. Carlos Rodon, John Gray, Jay Happ, and Chase Anderson. To keep is in? This year, just this for year. The, okay, for the for down the stretch. Rodon, Gray, I'm, Happ, Anderson. Yeah, I'm going Rodon and Anderson. Okay. Pick a Sparp, Danny Duffy or Luis Castillo? Duffy. Okay. Marco in San Berdu, never heard of that. Dear Shane, Boyd, Crowder, and Venus Van Dam. Hmm. That's got to be wrestling, right? Couldn't nothing could feel more wrestling than that. Venus Van Dam sounds familiar, but I don't know. The question is: sixteen-team head-to-head points league that does not penalize for strikeouts. I need a guy for the playoffs with starts in two weeks. Who you like in this group? Trevor Story, Nicky Delmonico, Cesar Hernandez, Michael Franco, Matt Davidson, Yoan Moncada, and he puts Cesar Hernandez again. Story, Delmonico, Cesar Hernandez, Franco, Matt Davidson, Moncada. Who's your favorite? Doesn't penalize for strikeouts in a points league. Hmm. It's not something I think about often. Um, I think I'm going to go Story here. Eh, maybe Franco. None of them are great. <laughs> no. Not Moncada? No. Okay, I'm an idiot, by the way. He might be my last choice. <clears throat> I, I might go Matt Davidson over him. Shane Boyd Crowder and Venus Van Dam are all the same. Walton Goggins, The Shield. Um, I don't know what Boyd Crowder's from, but Sons of Anarchy is Venus Van Dam. 
is Shane from the Shield. Oh, oh, maybe uh, Justified. I think is Boyd Crowder. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Walton Goggins, good actor. Yep. Ne- next question is from Charles in Chicago. Dear, oh, this one I get. Dear Brittany, Christina, Jessica, and Mandy. I don't get the Walton Gog- Goggins character, but the teen pop stars of the nineties. <laughs> I got those. Some hitters are streakier than others. Is it worth holding on to Kendris Morales or Lomo as bench options as they have a history of getting hot? I think Lomo is worth holding on to, sure. He's had a much better year than Morales, and uh, this has really been the only time he's been cold all year. I I would – yeah, I, I would think Lomo is pretty close to must-own. I did say earlier in the show I'd drop him for Hoskins, but hopefully – you don't, you're not faced with quite that dilemma. From Chris, 10 team head to head auction keeper league. Currently in first place, I'm looking at a great shot of winning our playoffs. Would you drop any of the following to pick up a Johnny Cueto who is now available? Would you drop Charlie Morton, Denelson Lamette, Patrick Corbin, or Kyle Freeland? Uh, yes. yeah. I would drop any of them. Freeland would be my first choice. Lamette, my second choice. Yeah. And Cueto is working his way back. Don't know how good he'll be, but it's worth the risk. Johnny T's in a 12-team head-to-head league. Should I drop Tim Beckham for DJ LeMahieu, Colton Wong, Wilmer Defoe, or Ahmed Rosario? Drop Beckham for LeMahieu, Colton Wong, Defoe, and Rosario. Yeah, LeMahieu. Not sure why Beckham was owned over LeMahieu in the first place. Because LeMahieu hasn't been good this year. Oh, he's, he's hitting like 315 now. If you need batting average, that's... All he gives you. Well, is it all he gives you? Yeah, because the last two years he had a good power year. He had a good steals year. He's he's, he, he's also on a ninety six run pace. I mean, uh, well, that helps. Six steals, four home run, four home runs, six steals this year. Yeah, yak. He did say it was a head to head league. I don't know if that uh, means categories or points. He's gonna be. Yeah, I don't know either. If it's points, then. You know, I, I, he's getting enough points to be better than Beckham even before you fa- factor in what he's doing categorically. Yeah, he's actually the 13th best second baseman in points leagues, DJ LeMahieu. So it makes sense. Okay, next up, 14-team head-to-head categories league, Lucroy or Gaddis? Gaddis coming back today, by the way. Hmm. Gaddis. I think since it's a categories league, yeah, you go Gaddis for the the power. He's not going to play nearly as much as Luke Roy. Well, so are, are you like, sure? Because because we haven't seen him with McCann on the DL. Well, McCann's coming back soon too. Ah, psh, lame. Fine. Yeah. All right. But still, Gaddis for category purposes. Here's an email from Chris. Am I crazy to drop Rafael Devers for Jorge Polanco? Four homers in a row. Four games yes, in a row with a homer. That is crazy. Stop being crazy. <laughs> okay. Don't drop Devers for Polanco, Chris. Doug from Queens. Head-to-head categories league. I have a bye next week. I have an extra spot for a pitcher. Any thoughts on picking up Julio Tehran? Hoping for a strong finish from Tehran. Looks like he lines up at Philly. Home against Texas, home against Miami, at the Mets, home against Washington, and at the Mets. Uh, Tehran, or I could pick up Estrada, Clevenger, Giolito, or Snell. I'd rather roll the dice on Snell after yeah. uh, his last start. It's a great one. He's, he's six straight, two walks or fewer, so seems to have cleared that hurdle, hopefully. You'd rather have and Snell. a lot more upside than Tehran, I think it's fair to say. You'd rather have Snell than Estrada? Yeah, though I probably would rather have Estrada than Tehran. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't take Snell Tehran. most of all. 
I guess one thing to keep in mind with AL East pitchers, specifically ones on the Rays, is that they are going to face the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Blue Jays and the Orioles down the stretch. I don't know yeah. how hard the Blue Jays and the Orioles are. I don't know how bad the Yankees are away from Yankee Stadium. And quite and that frankly, matters. It matters. But you know I, how I feel about matchups relative to some of the other analysts out there. Sure, but I mean, some of these guys, like maybe Snell won't be, but I feel like all of the guys, Snell, Estrada, Clevenger, Giolito, Tehran, they're all at right now matchup pitchers. I think Snell could be more than that. Yeah. But yes, the others I would agree. Alfredo found Michael Brantley on the waiver wire. Who do I drop for Brantley? Luis Castillo, Colin McHugh, Kyle Hendricks, or John Gray? I don't know that you need to drop anybody for Brantley because it doesn't look like he's close to a return. I think last I saw he wasn't running yet. And he wasn't he, – it's not like he was a must-start player even before he got hurt. It just was – his skills weren't really measuring up in this offensive environment. So – um, okay, so he's resumed some baseball activities, but is still spending most of his time in a walking booth. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's particularly close, and I'd rather not have to decide between these pitchers. Another couple weeks, Luis Castillo may be shut down, and he'd be the guy to drop, but I'd rather not drop anyone in the meantime. Josiah from Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. What's going on with Jose Ramirez? His second half has been dreadful. Would you drop Jose Ramirez for Simmons, Fowler, Granderson, Jorge Polanco or Delano de Shields? No, I wouldn't do that. I don't think there's anything especially wrong with Ramirez. Um, it's been a bad month, yes, but show me a hitter who hasn't had a bad month, you know? Mike Trout. He missed a whole month. Yeah, that was a bad month. That was month. pretty bad. That was a bad month. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's easy to just say, look at the splits page and say, okay, he's having a really bad second half, but the first 18 games he hit 284. It's really just been a bad three-week stretch, basically. Yeah, and the so. plate discipline's been pretty good still. Yeah. So I want, you know, it's just an interesting question. Who hasn't had a bad month? I feel like Goldschmidt has not had a bad month. There are probably a handful of first-round caliber hitters that haven't. Yeah. But then there are some that have. Anthony Rizzo got off to a really slow start. Manny Machado had several bad months. Absolutely. Yeah, no, Goldschmidt's been so good, man. All year long. 522 slugging, 602, 632, 513, and now 659 in August. Uh, all right, let's see what else we got here. I did want to make this a mailbag show, so we're getting through a lot. Oh, here's one, one last email, and then we'll hop back to uh, yesterday's action. This one is from Shane in Dallas. Dear Jesse, Danny, and Joey. That sounds like full house. Playing in a 10-team fantasy football league for the first time. Compare fantasy football to fantasy baseball. Wide receiver equals outfield. Running back equals infield. Compare the positions. Position-wise, you yeah. want to compare the two. Okay. The easy one, and, and he actually wrote this in the email, Shane. Um, tight end is catcher. Yes. That no. makes sense. There are only a couple who really stand out, and everyone else kind of stinks on the same level. <laughs> right. I would compare relief pitchers to kickers uh, because <laughs> they're only valuable because of the role they fill. That's what he it, said, actually, relief pitcher to kicker. Yeah. Good call. It, it, it isn't a totally fair comparison because in fantasy leagues you only start one kicker, 
If you played in a fantasy league where you started two kickers, though, you would be really, uh, or two or three kickers, like you do relief pitchers. You'd be really on top of who was filling that job for which respective team. Sure. Um, quarterback, see. I think he wrote his quarterback starting pitcher. I think quarterback is, is outfield. Elite at the top, but still like very deep. Shouldn't have trouble filling out a starting, like a start, getting a starter at outfield. Yeah, I'll even say first base might okay. be. Okay. Because there's so many high score, like it's the highest scoring position, but there are so many of them that you don't give it the priority you'd think you'd give those high scoring players. What about um, running backs? Running backs. Shortstop. What was that? Shortstop, second base. <sighs> yeah, now that makes sense. A scarce infield position like shortstop. Uh, so you know you're going to pay a, more of a premium for the best ones mm-hmm. at the position. And then you're out of positions. That's really the biggest difference between fantasy football and fantasy baseball is heck of a lot more positions to fill in baseball. I think position scarcity is a bigger part of the game than in football. So, unfortunately, we have to leave some positions out. Well, uh, that was a pretty interesting email. I encourage you to listen to the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Uh, we're having a lot of fun. And we have a lot of podcasts, actually. If you go to cbssports.com slash podcast, the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast is crushing it right now. The Pick 6 Podcast is a lot of fun if you just want to talk some NFL. We've got In This Corner, which is very relevant right now. It's a boxing, MMA, wrestling podcast hosted by Brian Campbell, one of the best in the business. Uh, Nick Costos is on that. Adam Silverstein is on that. A lot of guests. They're Conor McGregor and Mayweather this weekend. They're going to be talking about that. SummerSlam, like, just very good podcast. CBSSports.com slash podcast. Another thing to do is get our app. The CBS Sports app, the new version, is the only sports app with box scores that show stats like OPS and OBP and WHIP and even fantasy points. So swipe right on the box score. I use the app every single day. Uh, download the CBS Sports app at CBSSports.com slash baseball. CBSSports.com slash baseball. Here are your news and notes. Greg Bird and Starlin Castro are nearing returns. Uh, what not not imminent, but probably next week. What are your expectations and interest, if any, in Greg Bird? Pretty much non-existent. Leave him for the AL only leagues. Uh, he needs to prove himself after the way he started the season, and there's just so many good first basemen out there. Yeah, but you know, I I thought about that though. I, I was talking about this with Heath. I think we were also talking about Greg Bird. Are there that many good first basemen? Because a lot of the oh. ones that were really carrying that conversation aren't good anymore. Justin Bohr is on the DL. Yonder Alonso is useless. Logan Morrison is useless right now. Eh. I'm serious. I want to say I want to call him useless. I want to call Mark Reynolds useless. But meanwhile, they you have Reese Hoskins coming in. You have Josh Bell joining the fray. Like I would even say Jan Herbert Solarte, who recently. Gained, uh, no, actually he's been first base eligible for a while, but I'd rather have him than Greg Bird. Oh, he really? Yeah. Yeah, he's had, a, you know, a lot of injuries, but he's had a pretty good year when he's healthy. He's, he's very whatever. Bird, you can't fairly judge him. He, he was playing hurt. He had surgery. I mean, I'm fine oh, saying right. that you gotta, I just that don't, he's gotta prove it. I just it. don't think, I just don't see a good enough reason to take the gamble That's at fine. this point. You know, uh, if he homers twice in his first four games or whatever, 
fine, I'll pick him up. Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of competition for him. Okay, that's fair. I also, I think he, I'm not convinced he's going to play against lefties either. So, uh, Starlin Castro's 81% owned. Sometimes these guys who got injured, they get dropped. If you need a second baseman, 81% owned. Castro should be back pretty soon. I'm surprised it's that high, actually, given the number of equivalent second basemen in the player pool. Jason Kipnis is back on the DL. Steven Vogt hit a pinch hit home run yesterday. Uh, but since Vogt came off the DL, Manny Pena has made more starts than Vogt. I think that might be because they've seen two lefties and Vogt is left-handed. Uh, but he does have a thou- uh, 1,100 OPS with Milwaukee, Steven Vogt, and he's 16% owned. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a strict lefty-righty thing. I don't suspect Vogt will play much more. Like, I, I see it kind of like the Tyler Flowers, um, Kurt Suzuki situation in Atlanta. And frankly, with the way he's performed this year, I'd rather have Suzuki. Than who? Than Vote? Than Vote. Francisco Cervelli could be back today. Matt Carpenter sat with an illness. Carlos Santana could be back today. Salvador Perez is back, but you might not get as many as, at bats as you once did. He's not going to be able to DH this year due to the intercostal strain. You might think that sounds weird. But apparently, <laughs> but he's going to catch. Yeah, it's so it's the whole like sitting idly during the game and then going up and hitting. They're concerned oh. that that would hurt. So they need to work him harder. Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay, that makes <laughs> sense. I feel that Alex Cobb's going to start today. We'll go through today's matchups. Uh, Lance McCullers is going to make a rehab start tomorrow. Uh, let's talk about a couple of starting pitchers from yesterday who are owned in 93 and 96% of leagues, respectively. Zach Godley. Are you starting to get concerned about Godley? Last three starts have been little, not terrible, but kind yeah. of all. Kind of a Jimmy Nelson thing going on yeah. here. And Drew Pomeranz, man. Drew Pomeranz, 318 ERA despite a 134 whip. Uh, I mentioned yesterday his strand rate, consistently great, around 80%. Uh, Godly or Pomerantz, who would you rather own? I'd rather own Godly. I'm not terribly concerned. I'm a little disappointed. But it, it's mostly because two of the last three walks, he's two of the last three starts, he's given up four walks. If he had been more the one or two that he's been giving up most of the season, those starts would look a lot better. Even his bad starts have typically, he's made up for it partially by having a ton of strikeouts, you know. Uh, he only had five strikeouts in this one, but the start before, ten strikeouts in five and a third. The start before, eight strikeouts in five and two-thirds. There's still a lot to like about Godley. Um, I think if his record was seven and five instead of five and seven, it wouldn't even be a question. He's kind of gotten burned with the win-loss record there this year. Pomeranz is fine, but I think we have a clearer idea what he is by now, and it's really not any more than fine. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, last year was an all-star. And okay. I guess you could argue that when he's healthy, Pomeranz is really good. And he, 13 starts now, his last 13 starts, he's 7-0 and with a 2.14 ERA. I the whip's going the, to be high. The whip is going to be high. The innings yes. have been an issue all season. Uh, you know, pitching for the Red Sox, he's not getting burned by win-loss record, but I don't feel like there's any rhyme or reason why he's, he's what is his record? 13-4. and four. Yeah, why well, he's thirteen and four versus Godley's five and seven. The Diamondbacks are really good, also. So, I don't even, I don't give Pomeranz credit for that over Godley. Uh, okay, but the the Red Sox have the third best bullpen ERA in baseball. Uh, I mean, I I don't know. I just in the today's pitching landscape, I'm not sure that Drew Pomeranz is is 
To me, he's more than just fine. I don't even hesitate to start him. Even in one start week? I suppose if I had like a bunch of two start pitchers th- that I really liked, but no, I, th- I think that Pomerantz has earned must start status at this point. And you don't because of the innings and the whip? Yep. Okay. I mean, I'm never like afraid to start him. I just never excited to start him either. Fringy starting pitchers. Are these guys owned in too many, too few leagues? Mike Fires is 70% owned. Good start last night. Matt Moore, three good starts in a row. Uh, R.A. Dickey, 30, Moore's 48% owned. R.A. Dickey's 35% owned. Edwin Jackson, 57% owned. We already talked about Luke Weaver. He needs to be more owned. He's 49% owned. And Mike Montgomery, good start yesterday for the Cubbies. And he's 28% owned. Mm-hmm. Anyone under-owned? Fires, Moore, R.A. Dickey, Edwin Jackson, Mike Montgomery. Under-owned or over-owned? Under-owned or over-owned. Uh, well, Jackson probably won't be 57% owned for long. Just because I don't think he's very good. <laughs> Weaver, uh, Weaver's my favorite of this group, so he needs to be much more owned, of course. Uh, you know, Dickey at 35 may be a little under-owned, but I don't really think he's mixed league material. I think Moore's about where he needs to be, 48. Montgomery... If he was going to stay in the rotation, I'd want him to be picking him up now, but Lester might be back after just another term. I think Fires at 70%. He's, he is the one who's actually most owned of this group, so it's hard to call him under-owned, but I do think I was a little too quick to write him off when he had that four-start rough patch because his last two starts have been good, and he was great for like the, the dozen starts before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, strikeouts have remained high. And obviously a great supporting cast. So at the very least, I'll say he shouldn't be less owned than 70%. Yeah, he's now 71% owned and Fires. All these guys I think are going to be two-star pitchers next week. Fires has Texas and the Mets next week, <clears throat> both at home. The Mets really should be a great matchup at this point. Unless Dominic Smith and Ahmed Rosario start hitting, and they've been... You know, Smith homered yesterday. Rosario's been getting a little bit better. But, yeah, their their lineup stinks. So, uh, Scott, in deeper leagues, you like any of these guys? Chase Headley, since the All-Star break, he's got, let's see, uh, eight, eight, 893 OPS, Chase Headley. Luis Valbuena has five homers in his last seven games. Trevor Williams almost matched Rich Hill yesterday. Erasmo Ramirez, four runs in his last three starts. James Shields has been better lately since changing his arm angle. And we talked about Mark Leiter. Anyone that uh, needs more love? Not really. I I am keeping an eye on James Shields since since yeah it coincides with a a mechanical adjustment he made and uh, you know they've they've basically been barely quality starts but four in a row have been pretty good with high strikeout totals and you know James Shields is only a couple years removed from being a must start pitcher in fantasy so I'm keeping an eye on that not rushing to pick him up. But it's it's uh, unexpected development. And then Leiter at 6%, keeping an eye on him too. Though, as I said earlier, not in a hurry to pick him up either. We've got, I think, 12 games today. And we are underway, actually, in New York where the Diamondbacks face the Mets. There are four games at 1 or 110. We'll skip them. So let's do the others. Rockies at Royals. Scott's favorite player, Herman Marquez, at... Jake Junis, 
Is he my favorite player? Because I don't think that's true. No, it's an exaggeration. But I do like Marquez, and especially when he's away from Colorado. And I'm going to say the Royals are a pretty good matchup. Some might <laughs> scoff at that, but I'm going to say they are. That so was, I would start Marquez, not Junis. That was an octave I, I had never heard before, not starting Junis. Okay, this is a game worth watching, I think, if you want to do some scouting. Um, the Dodgers are at the Pirates. Hyunjin Ryu and Chad Cool. I'll take Ryu. Jake Arietta, Sal Romano. I'll take Arietta. Chris Sale, Trevor Bauer. Take Arietta. I'll uh I'll <laughs> hmm. take Jake. Definitely Sale and Bauer, Sale. right? <sighs> Bauer's been so good lately, but it's the Red Sox. You know what? YOLO. I'm rolling the dice. Let's do it. Bauer. <laughs> nice. Padres and Cardinals, Perdomo, Carlos Martinez. Yes to Carmart, obviously. Are you going to start Jose Barrios tonight at the White Sox against Derek Holland? Worked great for Irvin last night. Let's do it for Barrios. Steven Strasburg at Dallas Keuchel, the matchup of the day. Both sees. Both sees. Rangers at Angels. These. This is actually the matchup of the day. Martin Perez, Ugh. Troy Scribner. Ugh. No thanks? I don't have anything to add to that. All I right. think the uh, the guttural reactions say it all. Troy Scribner made Sideshow Bob step on a rake. That's what I heard. Really? Ugh. No, that's the sound you uh, <laughs> You did the Sideshow Bob steps on a rake noise. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, uh, I got to get out of here before I get laryngitis. I am uh, struggling right now. So for Scott <laughs> White, I'm just going to whisper. I'm Adam Azer. See you later. See you later.